Hello, my name is Christopher Domicio, and I am the author of a very good novel, Coronavirus. This is chapter six. Uh, the other previous five chapters in the prologue have been posted and uh, in previous podcasts as well. You can find the whole thing at averygoodnovel.com. Hope you're enjoying it. The postman was the messenger of anxiety and fear. Generally, Bob wasn't a nervous sort of person, but when he saw the postman getting out of his mail truck and walking up the porch steps to put mail in the post box, it never felt good. All of his deepest hidden turmoil would rise to the surface and roil his consciousness in an avalanche of loose stone and broken vicissitude. Bob had never trusted the post office. The United States Postal Service was more than just a government division that delivers letters from one place to another. The USPS by itself stood as one of the top 100 economies in the world and generated more income than all but the largest companies the world has ever borne witness to. The USPS maintains a fleet of a quarter million vehicles, an army of more than a million employees and retirees, as well as airplanes, big rigs, base yards, and a network of more than 31,000 post offices and 10,000 private contractor mail shops. Mail is a big big business. And big business means big money. And when there's big money, one should know that exploitation, greed, graft, and violence will follow. In a business pulling and pushing mountains of cash, there was sure to be both corruption and bosses. The Postal Employees Union was one of the most ruthless mafia syndicates on the planet, and the Postal Inspection Corps were their Gestapo. It was no easy thing to prevent postal workers from blowing each other away in one of the highest stress business environments that the world's ever seen, and sometimes they had to take side jobs in order to make sure that everyone kept getting paid and the illusion of domesticity prevailed in the free world. Only the federal government and Walmart employed more American civilians than the USPS. Think about that for a moment. Bob had spent far longer than a moment thinking about it. The result was a deep-seated dread for both the post office and for mail carriers. Nothing is so dangerous as the truth, and it meant that he was never able to enjoy banal-flavored thinking, such as considering an everyday postman as some friendly and harmless bozo in short pants and doorless truck. The post office was the victim of government-mandated shakedowns for more than a century, all while being forced to fund its own operations and pre-fund retirement and health care for an army of workers. This required more than just good business sense and fiduciary responsibility. It required ruthlessness and the ability to diversify and hide in plain sight while being regarded as harmless. Far from being harmless, the USPS holds more true power than any U.S. government agency in that it's ruled by a 10-member board who appoint a postmaster general and make decisions with sovereign immunity, eminent domain powers, the ability to negotiate postal treaties with foreign nations, and an exclusive right to deliver first- and third-class mail. It's also in a unique partnership with all branches of the U.S. military and jointly operates both the Army Postal and Fleet Postal offices, giving it immense power to influence military decisions and leadership. The U.S. Post Office is not subject to antitrust laws and operates independently of the U.S. government. The U.S. Post Office is a deadly, serious business, and Bob knew it. And this is why hit the methodical approach of postman Zeta Roberts as he climbed the steps to reach Bob's porch and slid several letters through the slot in the door, drove Bob to do something he didn't know he was capable of in the face of such a horror-inspiring moment. Usually Bob would pull the blinds, shut out the lights, and listen for the steps to fade as the postman went away. But not today. Today was different. Bob was different. He opened the door. 
Zeta Roberts, the postman, looked at Bob in surprise. This had never happened to him before. Bob had always pulled the blinds and pretended not to be home. Zeta was a non-threatening African-American man in postman shorts and white trainers. He was clean-shaven, his uniform was neatly pressed and cleaned, and he was quick with a smile. The power of the uniform was such that white people generally didn't notice Zeta when he was wearing it, or if they did notice him, they didn't notice him as a man, or more specifically as a black man, or even more specifically for most white people as a threat to their property, women, or safety. Zeta knew for a fact that it was the uniform because on his days off, he was treated completely differently. In many cases, by the same people Zeta had frequently interacted with, the people on his route who he saw while he was in uniform, always friendly, always good-natured. He'd walked the same route on his days off and experience was totally different. Several times people had called the police on him, saying there was a suspicious person nearby prowling around. More than once, dogs had accidentally been released from the yard, and worst of all, there were looks of suspicion and violence he received from guys working in their yards, looking out their windows, or walking with their wives. No friendly waves or banter from them. Out of the uniform, none of them recognized him. Well, that wasn't exactly true. Bob was the one person who had recognized him and suspiciously asked, "'Have they got you doing undercover work today?' Zeta felt a connection to Bob, because most of the letters that came to him were addressed to Robert. They shared that name. Zeta didn't think Bob had ever noticed the color of his skin. Bob simply saw the uniform, and Zeta's impression was that he didn't like it at all. So when Bob opened the door, it was a surprise. Zeta smelled marijuana smoke wafting out. He looked at Bob. Bob considered what to say, but since he was a little bit stoned, he considered it longer than was comfortable. Zeta held the three pieces of mail out to Bob. Bob took them, looked at them, and then looked back up at Zeta. Both men's eyes widened at what neither of them knew was about to happen. Eyes do that sometimes, reflect the future before the future is present. I'm terrified of your organization, Bob said. I understand the scope of what you people do. There was a specific response that postal workers were taught for dealing with this type of situation. No need to fear, sir. We deliver the mail. That's all. Bullshit. I know they tell you to say that. It's part of the uh, speech, Bob responded. The USPS is an army, and I need your help. Donald Trump has to be stopped. Zeta was used to hearing some bullshit from the people on his route, but this was truth. Yeah, preach, brother. He waited to hear more from Bob, but Bob didn't seem to have words ready to speak, and that was okay. Zeta had been waiting for this moment since Trump got elected in 2016. Not one person on his route had ever asked what he thought about Trump or given him the ability to speak the words that came out of his mouth next. He's going to kill us all if we don't stop him, man. That motherfucker's evil. That was that. Simple words between a postman and a stoner on the porch of a not-so-great house, and in that moment, more than a friendship was born. The tides of history shifted. No longer was it a one-sided war being played out for an audience unaware that they were part of the performance. Things were happening on all sides now, heading towards an inevitable confrontation that would determine the fate of all mankind. That's it for Chapter 6. I hope you enjoyed that. This is a very good novel coronavirus and i am chris domicio also known as vagabond see you next time with chapter seven